Second time I've seen it, just as weird. No, I thought about trying to make a point about it. No point in making a point about it. Uh, good morning. It is good to be with you this morning. As I told uh, the first service, said in the first service, uh, this is my first time here, and uh, the only reason I haven't come is because there was a rumor going around that I had to be personally invited by AJ or Cynthia and never did that. So I decided to come on my own and be a rebel because this is about being weird. No, this is uh, a neat place, and uh, it's good. I actually came here a few years ago for a couple concerts. don't remember who was playing or what, but it, uh, it is the same location, great location. It's good to see you here. You're welcome you to our first in a series uh, entitled Weird. That's why we showed that video, in case you're visiting with us and you think, whoa, what's going on here? This is a series entitled Weird, and we all probably know someone, we may be that person, who is weird in a good way or in a bad way. I'm both of those things, you know, in the span of 30 seconds sometimes. Uh, but this series isn't, a ta- isn't talking about being weird in a good way or a bad way. This series is really going to address being weird in a God sort of way. Okay, and that, we're, we're going to be, the upcoming uh, weeks, we're, we're going to be uh, delving into that and what that means to be weird. You know, I, I grew up, most of my life, if I'm honest with you, was all about being normal, trying to fit in and conform. You know, I think when you're younger, most of us are like that. You know what I mean? We just kind of want to be normal. We don't want to kind of, st- st- you know, stick out. Uh, not everybody. There's, there's those that come about rebelliousness and, you know, uh, uh, naturally. But most of us just want to fit in. And as we go along life, maybe we shed some of that and we become a little bit more secure in ourselves. But for the most part, even when we get older, we're, we're, we're concerned about what other people think. And we go along and we, we want to be normal. And for me, I think it was reinforced by my upbringing. I was uh, brought up, I was a, uh, the son of immigrants. They brought me to this country when I was five months old. We came over from Cuba. And uh, my parents just spoke strictly Spanish, no English. And, and I grew up in Miami, Florida, and people say, how is that possible? If you've ever been to Miami, it is the, the capital of Latin America is what it is, you know? So if you get off the airplane and you don't speak Spanish, you're in trouble, you know? You might go hungry and die, no. Um, so my parents never spoke English. Of course, I was in this household where the culture was Spanish, the language was Spanish, the music was Spanish, the food was Spanish, everything was Spanish. And then I'd step out into the American culture, you know, my school, my friends, the, everything about it was, was English speaking and occasionally those two would meet, my friends would come over to the house and I'd be all embarrassed because my parents didn't speak English and they'd go, well, this is weird. And, and, you know, so I had one foot in each culture and I just wanted to fit in. And then the first day of school would arrive and they'd be calling the roll and I, my name is Casto. That's a weird name. It's not really weird. As I get older, my, my grandfather was from Spain. My father, he was a Casto. My father was a Casto, and I'm a Casto, and I've had all girls. Not that I would have named them Casto, because it's, you know, you're sitting in there, and, and I've shared this story a time or two where they're calling the role, and you want to fit in, and they're saying Bob, and Sue, and Tom, and, 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 and Betty, and Castro, or queso, or 
Casper or Casio, the list goes on. These are all things I've been called, but the vast majority has been Castro. I think my own mother has called me that before. No, no, I'm kidding. So, you know, all of that, I just wanted to, I wanted to fit in and be normal and, and not be, you know, not be different. If you would have told me at the time, I would have said, no, I don't think that's true. But it was true. As a matter of fact, if you would have said, you're weird, that would have been a tremendous insult to me. I think most of us can relate to that. So my goal was to grow up normal. Or as clo- close to normal as I could possibly uh, be. So I said to myself, okay, if I want what normal people have, I do what more normal people do. I said, okay, I'll just go along and I'll, I'll look around and this is how it works here. And I'm, I, I'm just, I'll, go, I'll go along with the crowd. Unfortunately, the crowd, it's like you've heard of the lemming, you know, the, that little Norwegian rodent, a really cute rodent. That, that lives in Norway that once a year, due to migratory habits, comes out of the ground. And it's a solitary animal, but it comes out of these burrows. They're really cute. And then all of a sudden, they just go. And they all go together. And there's this sea of these little, cute, fuzzy rodents. Just land and sea, baby. They're going through rivers, and a lot of them drown. They're going across roads, splat, you know, all over. They're just going. They don't know why they're going, but they're just going. That was me. A lemming, a cute little fuzzy creature, going with the crowd and being normal. I did what normal people did and consequently ended up where normal people end up. You know, I went to school and I studied and I got a good job and I got a nice car and I bought a house and I moved to North Carolina for my job and all that stuff. But then I stopped and I looked, and I had fathered a child in, in Miami who I did, never met. I found myself living in my house with a girlfriend with a, who was pregnant, and I, I said, well, you can move in with me and we'll split the rent. I'm a good guy, so come on in. And we had that child who was now a year old. I... I, I Found myself living for the weekends and, you know, trying to acquire stuff and doing what normal people do. And then I realized normal isn't working. I found myself, I was shallow, insecure. I hit it. I was, I was confused. There was no real direct direction in my life. I... Is this this what it's all about? I did what normal people did and ended up where normal people end up. And guess what? Normal wasn't working. So I met these weird people. (laughs) And I looked at their lives and I said, wow, you know, there's something different here. Not weird in a bad way or weird in a good way, but I, I later found out it was weird in a God kind of way, and, and they, they had marriages that seemed to be happy. We would get together, and we would have, have fun, but not the kind of fun that I was used to having, and I realized, well, I can have fun that way. I had kids who actually said, yes, sir, or no, ma'am, and, and actually looked you in the eye, or, you know, I mean, kids are going to be kids, and we're perfect, but I said, well, you know, 
this is different. And then I said, what is, this is weird. What's so weird about this? And then they, they said, well, it has to do with this. It has to do with this. And I said, okay, well, I know that. That, sits on my, that sat on my piano when I was growing up, my sister's piano. I hated piano. I'm glad I didn't have to. My mom did play. But we had one of these. I went to church growing up. I, I did the things until it got to a point where it just, it just didn't feel right. And, you know, and I just did what normal guys my age did. And occasionally go to church with whoever I was dating or my friend, you know, whatever, for Easter and Christmas, all that. But so what, what's different about that? So, so I, I took the time and I said, okay, well, let me check it out. And I started to read it. And I saw the words of Jesus and the words of Jesus were weird. The teachings were weird. Talk about different. And I said, wait, wait, what's, what's, what's going on there? But not only were they weird, it was like a mirror. And it was calling me to be different. Calling me to be weird, not the norm. And you know what I did for the first time in my life? I had the courage to sit down and say, okay, well, let me see what this is about. And, you know, something started happening. I didn't know what. And, and uh, looking back, obviously, God was working on my heart. And I started to see these words. They started to come alive. And this thing that we, we, we hang this word conversion. But that's what happened. Something was happening in me. And I couldn't explain it. Well, at the same time, my girlfriend, the same thing was happening to her. So it, there came a moment that I want to do this thing. But if I'm going to do this thing, I'm all in. I don't want to play with it. I don't want to pretend. I, I want to do this thing. When I saw that amazing thing uh, that we just sang about, his love never fails. When, when, when I started thinking about what Jesus did for me and what he, how he loved me from the day I was born, but he was, he was there the whole time, but I wasn't. And it all changed. I said, yes, I'm here. And, and then amazing things started to happen. I looked over at my girlfriend and I said, I'm doing this thing. I don't care what you're doing or not doing. I'm doing this thing. I'm all in. And she looked over at me and said the same thing back. And you know what? Life got weird. We went and looked at each other. Well, let's, let's get married. We got married on a Wednesday we got baptized because that's what Jesus said to do. I got baptized, and then I baptized her on a Thursday. And we found out she was pregnant with our second child on a Friday. That's weird. But not only that, people started noticing differences. I went back to work with the guys, and my vocabulary had been reduced by three-quarters. Because most of the words were filler words, you know, and the stuff that I couldn't share here or somebody would get offended or whatever. I, I, I didn't talk the way I talked. I didn't talk about the stuff that I used to talk about. And the guy started going, what's up with you? This is weird. And then he would actually get aggressive and try to bait me. Hey, man. And, they, you know, and I'd kind of have to work my way through that, navigate that. But they, they said, this is weird. And then... I started doing stuff that was weird, actions. I had a, a good friend of mine, a good neighbor. We'd been living 
next door to each other for a number of years, a great friend of mine. And I called him and I said, I said, hey, can you give me the number to the cable guy that came and hooked up my cable? You see, my neighbor had a connection at the cable company. And he had a guy that we paid one time, one flat fee, and he came out and he hooked up our cable and we had free cable. We had all the stations. Back then there were like 50. Today there's like 2 million, right? But I had free cable. And I was thinking about this. Back then it was a big deal. And I, I said, I need his number. He said, what's up? Is the cable not working? I said, I said, no. I said, I just want him to, to unhook it. And, and, and my friend said, What? You want him to unhook it? Why? I said, well, you know, this whole Christ thing. I'm a Christian now. I'm following Christ. And I'm trying. I see this, you know, and I just, I just don't feel right about it. I want to unhook it. He goes, well, I'm a Christian too. I, I, he said, you know, are you going to, are you sure? I said, yeah, just, it's okay. He goes, well, you're not going to say anything about me or anything, are you? I said, no, 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 this is just for me. And I unhooked the cable, and then I hung up. And you know what happened? I bet you after I hung up, I wasn't in his mind, but I bet he thought I was. That's very weird. And that's just a little example of things that were happening that I couldn't explain. Things were different. Our life was turned upside down. And uh, it was just a wild ride. And it was weird. We looked at each other and we said, you know what? We want to build this relationship, she and I. We want to build it on this and on Jesus' words. We, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna try to the best of our ability to get help, to look at what that says, to understand and to deal with each other accordingly in our marriage. And you know what? These 20, she's not here, 20, let me get this right, 20, 23, 22 years later, we've been together 23, these 20... You know what, it, my marriage is not perfect, and I'm not up here tooting my horn, because in spite of me, in spite of her, God has done amazing things. We, our marriage is, 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 I'll say it's better now in, in every area than it was. That's weird. Because I'd go to work and people weren't like that. And we said, you know what, we're going to take these little cherubs that we're raising, these cute little children that one day will grow horns, you know, and look at you and say, what? I don't want to do that. You know, and we're going we're gonna to commit to raising them up in the way that, 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 that we interpret God wants us to, to raise them up. And we did. And we didn't let them run off with, you know, some 16-year-old guy in a car <laughs> taking them to some God knows what place. And they would argue with us, why not? Why not? We said, no. That's weird, and that ain't happening. And in our plans, in our dreams, in the way we lived our lives, we, we said, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this thing, and it hasn't been easy, but it's, it works. And it's, it's, it is weird. It is different. But it's not weird in a bad way or in a good way. It's weird in a God kind of way, and it works. I looked at my normal life and I realized it didn't have to be a rocket science scientist to say normal isn't working. If I want what few people have, I do what few people do.
I, I said, okay, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to fight being that lemming. And I'm going to be called weird a few times and live a life that's different. And you know what? It has been different. The Bible has a lot to say about being weird. And if you want a Bible to follow along, you can raise your hand. Somebody will bring you a Bible. You can take that home or you can leave it on the way out to follow along. But Jesus, listen to what Jesus says about being weird. He says this in the conclusion of a section of Scripture that typically we've, we've, we've put a name on. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And it is either, it's, if you've got a Bible that has Jesus' red lettering, you know, when Jesus speaks, it's red. It's the part, it's the longest contiguous section of Jesus speaking. And we don't know if that was one sermon in Matthew 5, 6, 7, or if it was a series of sermons that were compiled by, by uh, his disciple Matthew. Um, but we, 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 we know that Jesus was speaking here about a lot of things. And in the conclusion, he says the following. Catch this about being weird. In Matthew 7, beginning in verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. Think about that for a minute. He, he says the majority of people out there are on this broad road. It's the comfortable road. It's the path of least resistance. It, you don't even have to try to be on that road. It's just this current and you just kind of sit down like an escalator and you go. You know, it takes you along. You don't have to try. He says the majority of people are on this road. Jesus says the many are on this road. Most are on this road. What we would say normal person is on this road. And unfortunately, it's not leading to where we want it to go or where we think it goes. He goes on to say, but small, in verse 14, is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. It's incredibly challenging. He says, he uses this declarative in the Greek. I'm not a Greek scholar, but the, the word enter, it, it's a declarative imperative. It, it, it says, hurry, don't procrastinate, don't put it off. That's the picture you get. It says, go. He says, and, and, and don't, and, and enter to this narrow, this narrow place. It, it, it conveyed this idea of two mountains coming together, kind of a valley and a path with obstacles. So it's kind of like you're, sque you're squeezing through, you know, to get through there. He says, it's not easy. It's not comfortable. And if you find yourself kind of in a place where my life is no different than those around me, there's a good probability that I'm normal. And Jesus says, wait, stop. Open your eyes. Think. Because this narrow road you will be thought of or called or whispered about as weird. Comforting thought on this Sunday morning, isn't it? But not in a good way or a bad way. In a God kind of way. 
in a God kind of way. In this section of scripture, which concludes with this passage, Jesus talked about some weird stuff. He talked about that, you know, adultery was wrong, as the law had stated. He said, but I'm going to redefine it for you. I'm not going to redefine it. I'm going to clarify it for you. So if you have a lustful thought towards someone in your heart, you've committed adultery. That's weird. He goes on, and, and he talks about, okay, you want to be first? You want to be first? Yeah, I want to be first. I'm going to get in front of everybody. I'm going to be first. He says, then you're going to be last. You're going to be in the back of the line. He says, you want to be served? You want people to serve you? Come on, bring, come on. I love being on a couch being served. You know, it's great. He says, then you be the servant of others. He flips it around. That's weird. That's weird. Is it weird? It's weird. He talks about you want to be given to. The way to be given to is if you give. He talks about if someone curses you, curse them back. No, pray for them. He says if somebody smacks you, you I'm going, nope, turn the other cheek. Let me tell you something, that's weird. That's just not normal. I, some ways, this is Castle speaking, that's not right. I tell you, it's easy to come up here and preach it or whatever, but when some... Some kid cuts me off on the road, <laughs> you know, someone, it, it just, it's, it's weird. But he says it's the narrow road. He says it's the right road. It's the weird road. Mom was right all along. Mom was right all along. You know, you know, mom, when you went up to her and you said, mom, there's 50 people. They're going to the beach for the weekend, and we're all underage, but one of them just got his license, and we're all going to pack in under their VW bug. And we're driving down there, and Mom, we're not going to do anything we shouldn't do. We got no chaperones, but it's going to be fine. And Mom said, are you crazy? And you said, but Mom, everybody else is going. And what would Mom say? Well, if everybody went and... Thank you very much. Jumped off a bridge. At least somebody had a mother who said the same. So if, you, if everybody went jumped off the bridge, would you jump off a bridge? She was right. It would have been weird to pack into that VW Beetle. And of the ten things that were going to happen, nine were not good. Mom was right. Jesus says we have a choice. Narrow and wide. Normal and weird. He says, don't pick normal. Normal isn't working. Normal isn't working. I'm, one thought as we get into this series, next few weeks, I just want to leave one thought to open, sort of uh, soap it, open it up with. And it's a simple thought. To be weird, I can't think like normal people. <laughs> Listen to what God says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. My heart cannot accept what I haven't sifted out up here. 
I've got to say, what, what is this? And God wants us to think. God wants us to reason. God wants us to the best of our ability. My SAT score was not really good. Yours was probably a lot higher if you've taken the SAT. But everybody can reason. And, and God wants us to be changed, transformed. Listen to the way this verse is paraphrased in what's known the Message Bible by Eugene Patterson. I like the way he says this, conveys the meaning. He says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. From the inside out. I, I meet people all the time, and they find out you speak Spanish. Oh, I, I know Spanish. You know, everybody knows Spanish. And, you know, I took 62 years of Spanish, and, and, and I've, I've got my Ph.D. in Spanish, and, and everybody knows Spanish. And unfortunately, a lot of people just know certain words, you know. But, <laughs> but the people know Spanish, and they've gotten all this Spanish, and they, they, I've, I've realized that there's a difference in learning Spanish. You can learn it from the inside out, or you can learn it from the outside in. What do I mean? Well, from the outside in, you can sit down with a book, and you can, you can read the grammar rules, the tenses, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you know how to form phrases, and you know what, what is masculine, feminine, all that kind of stuff. And then you can learn it another way. You, somebody can drop you off a plane, you know, to parachute into some a Latin American country that has not a soul who speaks English. And you drop in, and if you want to survive, you're going to learn how to say agua, you know, water, or baño, bathroom, or, you know, cerveza, you know, or all. You're going to learn it. You're not so worried about how you sound, how stupid you look, and all that kind of stuff. The funny thing about those people who get parachuted and immersed in that, those kinds of situations they pick it up. They can communicate. But the people who took class, you know, or, or you know, have their PhD or whatever, a lot of times they'll come up and they'll say, oh, yeah, I know. And I, I'll cut it. I said, oh, that's wonderful. And they pick up a few phrases. And then as soon as I go, pero que vamos a hacer para lunch? And they say, whoa, slow down. You have to speak like this. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, there's a difference learning it from the outside in to the inside out. You with me on that? And the same is true with thinking, faith. We can try to have rules and, and read these things that Jesus says as rules and checklists and conform to some moral sort of code. That doesn't work. It only works for real. It only is life-changing when it's really weird and works from the inside out. And thinking determines behavior. And fitting in without thinking will determine normal behavior. So it really is about changing the way we think, the way we process, and not let this herd-driven, culture-motivated, what's the newest thing, you know, on TV, determine the way we think, determine the way that we live. Let me give you a couple of areas, a few areas here. 
and, and, and just look at what's, what's considered normal in these areas. Let's talk about time. What's considered normal in time? Scheduling. You just pack as much in there as you can. You want to be successful, you've got to work hard. Now, I, I do believe the Bible says you work hard. But what happens in life, the normal way of thinking is, I've got to fo- focus on the urgent. And then the important gets crowded out. No, I don't have time for this. So I've got to put more hours in. I've got to, my kids got, I, I want my kids to grow up with the opportunities that I didn't have. Therefore, I've got to run them into this and that, and that and that. And as I say all the time, a friend of mine, you know, defined dysfunctionality as dysfunction is running your kids to dysfunction and that function. You know, it's just... It just, that's a great definition. It's, it's, we're, we're so stressed out. That's normal. Well, let's get another piece of technology that'll tell us what we're going to be thinking in the next five minutes. And it doesn't help. It just stresses us more. We're texting while we drive. Now they got to pass a rule not to text while you drive. Why? You know, I don't have time. I got to get it all done. I got to do da, 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 da. That's normal. Weird says, nope, it's not normal. Weird says that the qualities of my nose will determine the quality of my life. That I cannot say yes even to good things all the time. You look at the, there's so much out there. We could, we could walk out through these halls right now. We could feed every poor person we could, or a homeless person. Or we could find somebody's yard to do or somebody's house to paint or somebody with a need. Listen, I work in social services in Durham County. I know this. It never stops. Jesus said the poor will always be among you. Does that mean we don't do anything? For no. But we can't do everything. We can't, we can't say yes to every good thing or before you know it. The urgent is going to push out the important. And Jesus didn't let that happen. That's weird. Nope, can't do it, sorry. It's not, can I do it, but should I do it? What about money? When it comes to money, what's a, what's a normal way to think about money? Well, I need more of it, <laughs> you know, and we all, who here doesn't need more money? I mean, you know, we all could use more money. But what's the normal pattern? Okay, well, I make money, and I spend money, and I spend a little bit more than I make, and I'll pay it off on credit, and before you know it, you find yourself in debt. Now, if you, find, if you got debt or whatever, I'm not here to make you feel guilty about that. I certainly, you know, I know what that's like, and, and it's all about Saying, no, I can't afford it. That's weird. That's weird. I won't buy what I can't afford to buy. That's really weird. Or I'll get somebody to give it to me at a discount or free, like my cable. You know, that's normal. And Walmart is on record as saying they cater to people who live paycheck to paycheck. Last time I checked, Walmart's doing pretty well. Probably not as well as Apple, but they're doing pretty well. We live paycheck to paycheck, day to day, week to week, month to month. Now, if that's your situation, I'm not here to cast stones. I'm just saying that weird way that Jesus says, listen, we, we can't do that. We can't be like, you can't be like the, the rest of the lemmings. 
How about relationships? Let me just t- touch on relationships. What, what, what's normal, considered normal in relationships? Well, if it brings me happiness, it's a good relationship. But as soon as it doesn't, like my situation, you know, we, we get into a relationship, whether it's a friendship or anything else, it's like, okay, as long as you're giving me what I need, but as soon as you're not, and if it's a romantic relationship, what, what, what happens? We, we get in this romantic relationship and we say, well, you know, you got to, I ain't going to buy a car without testing it out. So we, we get together and we do all the, mar- the things married people do. Or maybe like I did, we move in together and we're essentially married. We pretend to be married. And as soon as conflict comes up, because it's not resolved and the way God wants to, we brush it on our car. But as soon as it, it gets to be too much and the, and the volcano blows, that's it. We pretend to be married. Now we're going to pretend to be divorced. And then... One day we find somebody that we say, okay, now I'm going to marry this person. This is the love of my life. And guess what happens? It's normal. We repeat the pattern. Seven years later, we're, we're, we're divorced. Do you, and it's just it's, it's considered normal. Let's just be married without being married. Study by the, um, the this is a federal, uh, federal organization, National Survey of Family Growth. It's under the, the, the Centers for Disease Control. They do all sorts of surveys on marriage and divorce and kids and da-da-da and all this kind of stuff. They did a survey, and I won't go into it, but it, it started in 1982 and on. It said 95% of couples had premarital sex. I mean, it's just normal. Just the way it is. That's how it was for me. It's just normal. Even in church, it's normal. And I'm, not, I'm not here to, to again, I'm, I'm just saying... When, when, you, when you look at the teachings of Jesus and you think, wow, if, if I live the way normal people live, I'm going to end up the way normal people end up. I've got to change my thinking. A relationship is built on, i I give you an example. I remember working with a guy. He was from Taiwan. He had a PhD, smart, smart, smart. Uh, he worked with me in Nortel years ago. He, he, uh, he was from Taiwan. He was older. And one day, he said, I'm going on vacation. I'm going back home for a couple weeks. You know, it was a month. I don't remember. Years ago. So he goes back, and he was single. And he came, he came back to the States. And when I see him come back to the States, he's wearing a wedding ring. And I worked this guy, and we're good friends. We played golf. We did all this stuff together. No mention of that. And, and, and he said, yeah, I got married. I said, well, can I meet her? <laughs> you know, is it? And, and sure enough, his parents and her parents had this prearranged thing. And I thought, that's weird. And I'm not advocating for prearranged marriages, okay? I, I'm not, I'm, I, I give my kids freedom of choice. You pick them, but you live with them when you pick them. You know what I mean? I, it, I'm not advocating. But here's what I'll say about that. It worked. You know why it works? Because I think people go in with a commitment. Having thought things through rather than just the warm fuzzies and this is normal and this is what the cool shows on TV are doing. You know what I mean? It worked. Well, God says, here's, here's, here it is. Here it is. That's, that's normal, but the world will think it's weird. You're going to resolve conflict? What? You guys are going to go meet with somebody, another couple to help you talk through this thing? Why are they all in your business? All those kinds of things. Jesus, that's, it works. Sex? You didn't have before marriage? What's wrong with you, man? Come on, you got to try. You can't just 
No, it is possible. It is. It really is. But it's weird. Even it sounds weird sometimes coming out. You know? No, it works. And it's not normal. And values, normal, wicked values. If I like it, it makes me feel good, must be good because God wants me to be happy. As I always say, me and God are so tight that me and God doesn't know about it, but God thinks like I think. So we have this little thing inside somewhere in our body. It's a little gyroscope. It's called a moral compass, and it points north. And, and if this makes me feel good, I go this way. If this makes me feel good, if this make, and I, I go wherever it, I feel good. And I have friends who are counselors. They're in the business, and they say that the, the number one goal of mental health is to make you feel good. So if a relationship doesn't feel good, get out of it. If you don't feel good in that job, leave it. If, you, if you're not happy in that situation, remove yourself from it. That's the goal. And so we, we end up walking around with these values that are, it's, it's all about me. And God says, no. The weird thing, Jesus says, unless a single kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. If it dies, it produces. It, 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 it produces. That's weird. That's weird. And lastly, faith. Faith says, you know, I got I to gotta find a place I'm comfortable in I, I gotta fa- pl- that meets my needs. There's nothing wrong with having your needs met or having a place where I'm comfortable. But there is something wrong. It, normal says, I just come and this is church on Sundays or these couple meetings and, and that's kind of what it's like. I, I went to church plenty growing up. Jesus says, this isn't about a building even though buildings are good because my church doesn't have walls. It's a 24-7 thing. It's out these doors. It's between people who have voluntarily made this crazy weird decision and are sharing life together and living life together. It's radically different than just being religious. That's weird. Those are a few of the areas we could go on and on. And I don't know why you're here today. I don't know if if you come here regularly. I know some of you, some of you I don't. I don't know if you came because somebody dragged you here and, and whatever. I don't care why you're here. I'm glad you're here. I am really, really glad you're here. If you would have told me years ago that I would be standing on some riser in some club in downtown Raleigh talking about Jesus to a bunch of people, many of whom I know, many of whom I don't, I would have said, you're weird. But that's what happens. Your life changes and you get squeezed and you you either go, nope, I'm going the easy route, and you go with the flow. Or you say, okay, <clears throat> let's give it a shot. And then God does the rest. And it's amazing. Jesus is calling us to make a decision, and it's not to live like normal because normal isn't working. I pray, I hope that you join us for the next five w- weeks, but more than that, I pray that if you aren't that way already, you will listen to his call and you will join me in becoming weird. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your words, how simple they are, how, how understandable they are, how you use imperfect 
vessels to, to do perfect things. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you most of all for the love that we sang about, that it never gives up. It never gives up on me. And Father, I pray, I pray that people look back on our lives and our legacy, and if they say anything derogatory, it would be because we were weird for you, because we believed, we refused not to believe, and Father, we had an impact and brought you glory in a small way. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.